Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakeswoods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Mills GM and Mills Ford. Thanks to them, and also now available at Podcast One. Chris, uh, another week we uh, got uh, busy times here, you and I, and uh, uh, British Open coming up. That's down the road. Oop, British Open. I did it again. The <laughs> Open Championship. That's right, man. Yeah, the Open Championship. But uh, I think Minnesota shining this year as far as golf goes. We talked about it last week, but the 3M is now in the books. And uh, quite a finish and a couple of young guns out there that uh, uh, really were impressive and uh, held off a a pretty good, fairly young gun yet uh, right down the finish. Well, I guess you look at the leaderboard, uh, Matthew Wolf winning in extraordinary fashion over Bryson DeChambeau and then Colin Mackle, who's also a – you know, I think his third or fourth event on the PJ Tour. And you got Adam Hadwin, who's, you know, a young Canadian, and Sam Burns in seventh place, and quite a uh, quite a leaderboard and quite a, a story for the young players. Yeah, I was reading art, an article from uh, Shane Ryan, and uh, he was talking about uh, kind of almost a Jordan Spieth-type moment for uh, for this Matthew Wolf uh, because uh, DeChambeau is pretty flamboyant when he's yeah. going good. And he gets the big fist pump on 18. He takes the lead in the golf tournament. And uh, Wolf can see him thinking, okay, now I know what i got to do. Hit it to the edge and rolled in a 26-footer, which is not that easy to do. And uh, Morikawa, this Colin Morikawa, both guys are three weeks out of college. (laughs) Uh, One went to Stanford, Morikawa, and and, uh, um, uh, Wolf went to Oklahoma State. They just won the college championship. Three weeks ago, and his third tournament in, he, he wins on the PGA Tour. Not bad. I don't know. Maybe th- this isn't that tough. He's no. probably thinking. You know, he and Mark Howard grew up playing junior golf together, and you know, they 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 went to different high schools but played you know, a ton of tournament golf and are good friends. So it was a very comfortable pairing for the two of them. But, you know, this Matthew Wolf in the last two years is just uh, – uh, Taken the college game by storm. Yeah, twenty years old, and uh, he won eight tournaments in the last two years. More than uh, you know, for a, a sophomore, more than any other player from Oklahoma State to ever done that. And, and you know, when you look at the players who have have come out of there, Charles Howe and uh, Bob Tway, and and um, you know, just a wealth of wealth of great players over the years. Yeah, uh, that that's that says something. Ricky Fowler, um, sure. You know, just a, a they 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 do more to produce college, or tour players than just about any other school in the country. Yeah, I saw Fowler down there on uh, I guess one of the pre-tournament days of playing with all the young Oklahoma State guys, kind of. Yeah, and I'm sure they've looked up to him since they were uh, decided to go there. Oh, and for he, sure, he's kind of the big name grad out of there, one of them anyway. 
But yeah, Morikawa actually probably played a little better than uh, Wolf on the back nine on Sunday. Just fell the one shot short. But uh, it was interesting. This uh, uh, Shane Ryan was referring to uh, uh, Victor Hovland, uh, Justin Sue, Wolf, and Morikawa are now being compared to the class of 2012 2013, which was Spieth, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepkins, Andrew Shoffley. Pretty good company. Yeah. And those guys are so young, those four. Now you throw these four into the mix, you don't know how they'll go, but they're certainly off to a nice start. This uh, youth movement in golf is extraordinary. I mean, Kepka and Spieth have three or four majors each, and uh, they seem like veterans, and they're not even 25 years oh, old. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. And, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Wolf coming down the stretch, it, it, I think he's he's just so he's so comfortable with winning, even though it's on a bigger stage. I mean, he he just has this level of confidence that uh, he can get it done. It's it's impressive. Yeah, it really is. Uh, got a lot of these guys kind of like that. And sometimes early, you, you see the ice water in the veins, and uh, uh, Spieth in particular out of that first four, when he first came out, you didn't fear anything. Right now, he's had a couple of mental wobbles in his career, and uh, he, he's. You know, it's he's, the mental part of golf oh, is always yeah. there for us. And uh, no matter how great you are, guys go away for a while. Nicholas, uh, you know, looked like he was going to probably win 30 majors by about 1967. Then then he had a, a little stretch yeah. there where he, he didn't win as much. His swing got a little off. And uh, in uh, 72 or 3, I think he started to win him again. But, yeah. Everybody has some time off in golf. Tiger well, certainly had a long stretch. Scar scar tissue builds. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's hard to it's hard to get rid of that scar tissue when you when you do have some, you know, some uh, hiccups or when you don't finish it off and you're used to doing that. Uh, when that self doubt creeps in, that's 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 the toughest part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like we like we talk a lot that emotional resilience is is the trait that those champions have, and uh, to maintain that over a long period of time is difficult. We talked about that last week a little. On the uh, you have to put the bad shots in your back yeah. pocket right away and just forget about them and uh, remember the good shots you put right. out there and and uh, try to do it again and again and again. Obviously, so. All right, coming up on the show, we've got Laura Campbell with Yoga for Golfers, a little flexibility, a little strength for us golfers. And up next, our old uh, Scottish friend and assistant superintendent for many years at Torrey Pines Golf Course, Bill Sinclair, will join us with a take on the upcoming British Open. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald. At 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM and Mills Ford for that. And also available now on uh, Podcast One. have a special guest with us. We've had him on before. Gotten to be a good pal. Comes to our area once in a while, Bill Sinclair. He is uh, retired now, a retired assistant superintendent at uh, Torrey Pines. Bill, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you. Good to have you. You've got a Scottish background, as our listeners will soon uh, will soon notice as you talk a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I committed my usual faux pas as soon as we picked up and said the British Open, and he, he said, Mac, you got to start uh, saying the Open Championship. 
which is what it really is, right, Bill? That's exactly what it is. It's, it's always been the Open Championship, which has been uh, the mistake that Americans have always made, calling it the British Open, which it's the oldest championship in the world and deserves to be called the Open Championship because that's what it is. Yeah, yep, exactly. It's the U.S. Masters, it's the Masters. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, yeah. That's exactly right. And in Ireland, a little bit of a change, Bill. I was, uh, in my head, I thought I was thinking about Scotland, but that was last year, of course, and uh, uh, you were just... Uh, Saying a minute ago, the Open, uh, the Open Championship should always be in Scotland. Well, I mean, they they have it in England every four years, and uh, then it's in Scotland the other years. But now, now they're having it in Northern Ireland, which is fine. It's, it's going to be a very similar type golf course to the Scottish Flanks. It really belongs in Scotland, if you ask me. But I'm a little biased in that regard. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> Give us a little background on your Scottish history, Bill, just for listeners that uh, that don't know. Well, I was born in Glasgow. I led my first 21 years in Scotland and grew up on a little course outside St. Andrews called Crail Golfing Society. I played there growing up, and that's where I learned to play the game of golf. And then moved out to the States in 1987 at 21 years old. So that was my Scottish upbringing was, was all, all my high school and early college years were in Scotland. So I ended up uh, in the profession of golf for many, many years. And uh, as yep. a superintendent in uh, at a Lynx course in uh, in Scotland or Ireland, it, the job would be quite different than the one you had at uh, Torrey Pines, for instance, Bill, I suppose. Oh, it's completely, completely different. The, the, the links, links golf in Scotland is actually not that hard to prepare. There's, most links golf courses only have four or five staff members. I mean, you don't even mow the greens of any. The grass doesn't grow nearly as quickly over there as sure. it's here. You mow the greens every third day is all you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different uh, type of golf, golf game than they have out here. So, for, and then, for instance, somebody would be on staff at your place getting ready for a uh, championship at Torrey. Uh, we had a staff of uh, 42, yeah, um, just our regular staff members, not to mention all the volunteers that come around from all over the country to help us out for the farmers every year. Yeah. Yeah. So on the links, it's just like, let it grow. Let it grow. <laughs> you can uh, get deep in the weeds on the links courses, though. There's no doubt about that. You can get well. The rough is the thing about the rough and the Lynx golf course. They're never it's never mowed ever. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Don't hit, don't hit it there. <laughs> yeah, we uh, you and I played together last year, Bill. It was kind of fun because you had the of course the Lynx uh, background and uh, uh, yep. one thing you noticed we we were playing the classic and I'm sure you've played it many times, but uh, many times. not a great preference for all the trees that are there blocking your way. <laughs> Not really, but it's a, it's, a, it's a different, again, it's a different type of golf entirely. That's, a, that's what Minnesota golf is about. There's nothing wrong with that. I love Minnesota golf. It's yeah. just completely different. Sure, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough, that game, without trees, I think, something like that. That's, right? my, that's my original thought. The game is hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that about pot bunkers. It's hard enough getting out of a, uh, a, a, a bunker not so deep than out of a pot bunker. I, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, it takes a different level of skill. Sometimes you have to go backwards. Yeah, yeah. The left so high in front of you, the only way out is way backwards. At my age and my size, you'd probably have to reach down and help me out, Bill. Well, they've got ladders and stuff. We'll get you out. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Hey, you were just mentioned. I didn't. I hadn't realized or hadn't heard it yet. The Irish length, your lengths are very similar to Scotland, but you met right away. You mentioned Brooks Kepka. 
And uh, there's maybe a reason he could even be a little bit more of a favorite than already being awfully good in the majors. Yeah, well, it's his caddy. His caddy grew up at Royal Port Rush. That's his home golf course. Um, local knowledge is so important on a Lynx golf course. That, that's really going to be a big advantage for him as good a player as he is already. Yeah, that'll be a, that. That's a huge advantage. I didn't know that, and uh, like he's not good enough already, like you say. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just uh, and rises to the occasion, so uh, he's right there in every in every major. It seems nowadays. I mean, when he has a bad tournament and finishes third or something like that, if it's a major, so. Well, he has he has the right attitude. He has the old Jack Nicholas attitude, where he's only looking at you know five or six players that really have a chance. And anybody that complains about the golf course, that's just somebody who doesn't have a chance to play or to compete and win the golf tournament. It's the old Jack Nicholas thought. The people that are complaining about the golf course and the setup, I'm going to worry about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, already, they're already done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that great uh, biography of Jack on the Golf Channel. He said basically, you know, he was worried if Gary or Arnie or Billy Casper um, – maybe one or two other guys as his career went forward, Watson and Trevino. But, yeah, outside of those guys, he felt uh, like he was going to win the tournament, which is, you got, like you say, Tiger pretty much the same way. You know, probably yep. probably in his prime figured uh, it might be a couple guys can beat me, but not very many of these guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a good way to narrow things down. Just like, well, that's, those are the only guys got to worry about. It just it kind of focuses you on, on the task at hand of what you have to do. What did you think, uh, Bill? Of the, uh, I think the uh, the U.S. Open kind of shined as far as uh, court con- uh, course conditions went. Uh, scoring was maybe a little easier than people thought at uh, at Pebble. But uh, what did you think of it? It was it was in fantastic condition. Um, I had a, there's a lot of guys there from Torrey Pines. The thing about that U.S. Open, it's the, the course conditions and the turf conditions are so close to Torrey Pines conditions, and we're going to have the U.S. Open again there in 2021. So we had a lot of guys from Torrey Pines go over there for that U.S. Open to see the setup. Sure. And what they wanted to set up the golf course at. And it was a great learning experience for a lot of those new guys. Now that I'm, now that I'm retired, some of these new guys have to take the torch and you know, carry it on. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> How many uh, U.S. Opens did you work at over the years, Bill? Oh, just the one. That, 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 that's the only U.S. Open that's been on the West Coast for the last 50 years. Yeah. I mean, there have been very few U.S. Opens on the West Coast or other than Pebble Beach. Yeah, yeah. But um, in Southern California, there's been nothing really other than Torrey Pines. Right, yeah, yeah. So that 2008, the 2008 U.S. Open pretty much ruined my golf swing. <laughs> Did it really? Because you worked oh, yeah. all the time instead. Well, yeah, it's just two years of, you know, very, very hard work. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You talked a little bit about that a couple of years ago when you are on with us. The uh, amount of time prepping for a U.S. Open is just extraordinary compared to yeah. well, you have a tournament there every year, a, you know, a very good tournament, but it's uh, nothing like the U.S. Open. Nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Now, retirement, Bill, uh, in your, I asked you, I, I asked you when we played, I always like to ask guys what their best round ever was, and yours was in the, uh, in the low 60s somewhere, right? Yeah, my, my best round in the States was a 64. Yeah. That was a long time ago when I was younger and could hit the golf ball. I know, but those guys know. If you shoot 64, you know how to play. I don't care how young you are and how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> are you getting, How much golf are you getting in now that you uh, retired, Bill? I'm getting 
a lot more golf. I'm getting probably you know at least two or three rounds of golf a, a, a week. So it's a lot more than I when I when I was working. You know, I got once once a week if I was lucky. Yeah, when I was working. So sure. Are you noticing that coming back a little bit? A little bit, but I'm still. I, yeah, golf's a game of greed. You're never happy with where your where your golf game is. <laughs> You're just never happy with it. Yeah, it's the truth, isn't it? You could shoot a 64, like you said, and then you get to the clubhouse, you think, boy, if I'd have just rolled in that putt on 17, I'd have 63. Well, I had a bogey in that round, so yeah, I was thinking about that hole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's that's the way golfers think. They never think, uh, boy, I was sure lucky to hit the pin and have it drop in and, and <laughs> on that yeah, hole. Yeah, you think of the mistakes you've made. Like, how, 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 how do they bogey in that hole? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about uh, let's see any, any you know the Tito's handmade vodka sponsors our nineteenth hole here on Lakes Woods and Irons. Uh, Bill, you had any good uh, found any new spots? Maybe a guy could stop uh, when visiting Southern California for some uh, a tall, cool one here or there. Oh, you mean bars and restaurants? Yeah. Oh, there's there's lots of bars and restaurants. Out here. Got San Diego. <laughs> well, I know that. Stop by. We'll come. We'll come taste of you. <laughs> That sounds good. You're coming back to our microbreezer. The microbreweries are really big in San Diego. There's a lot of microbreweries here that um, are quite famous. It's crazy that really that industry is just booming, man. Yes, completely uh, taken off. Yeah. Sure, I think uh, maybe the uh, Scots and the Irish brought some of that love of uh, over to the, this this country, Bill. Well, yeah. I mean, when I when I first came out here, there's no really good beer. I mean, all they had was Budweiser, Coors, and Miller. That's it. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, you didn't have any really good tasting beer. Now you do. You got all these great tasting beers. <laughs> Bill, you're going to come up to our area, take a little, or have a little visit with your lovely bride. I understand, right? Yep, we're coming up there in a couple of weeks. But there, right, right when the open starts, when I get there, twentieth. Oh, okay, fantastic. I'll be back home about then. We're gonna. I'm going to be out for a week or so, but uh, we'll have to go try to uh, tee it up again someplace. Absolutely. I'll I'll treat. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can probably get on a lot of places being an assistant superintendent. You know a few guys. I, uh, I, you know, well, you know, Scott's a really good friend of mine, Scott Hoffman at the, at the Classic. So he, he came out and helped us one year for the farmers. And yeah, yeah. And I don't think his wife has ever forgiven me for that. You know, she's shoveling snow and he's out in the sunshine in San Diego. <laughs> she quite forgave me for that. <laughs> he might even play the probably full 18 with you because he's retired too now, Bill. You guys can have a little fun. We can play a little golf when we get back there, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sending me you know, pictures of him catching walleye in the winter. My retirement line now. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, that's what should happen for you guys. You worked your tails off for uh, all these years, so play a little golf, do a little fishing, right? Exactly. We'll be happy to have you in town, Bill, and certainly happy to have you on the show uh, uh, today. Appreciate it, and uh, uh, and I always think about you. And the when the uh, the open happens, because uh, you just have those uh, Scottish roots, and uh, the whole uh, society in Scotland uh, has a different feeling about golf, I think, than almost any other country in the world. Yeah, it's totally different over there. It's just, it's, it's so inexpensive to play there as a as a junior growing up. You know, you, you see the it should be inexpensive for juniors to play golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill, thanks for taking the time. I sure appreciate it. You got and, it. And I hope to see you in a couple of weeks when you're up here. Okay. All right. Talk to you then. That's Bill Sinclair. He is a retired assistant superintendent at Torrey Pines and a, a, a fine Scottish gent. And happy to have him on the show. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. 
You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. This month sponsored by Mills GM and Mills Ford, and also available now at Podcast One. Chris, a special guest, and... uh, Go a little different way on this one, and I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome Laura Campbell. Laura is local to the Brainerd Lakes area, is is um, uh, a yoga specialist, is that what you call it, Laura, and uh, offering some great new programs out at uh, Craigan's Legacy Courses. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. So, Laura, you're you're doing some uh, yoga for golfers programs at the Legacy. Uh, t- tell us about those and and kind of give us your background about y- in yoga. Sure. So, I am uh, an RYT two hundred, which means that I have a two hundred hour certification to teach yoga, and I've been teaching for about two and a half years. Um, I've spent over twenty years doing yoga. Um. And I just love the approach to yoga and, and the many benefits that um, it brings to our lives, and sharing it is a passion of mine. Um, yoga for golfers is a, a session that we're, we're mid-session right now, and it's a five-week series um, geared toward golfers, and we're having that at the Legacy Golf Courses Clubhouses on Wednesdays in July. It's from 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Um, and uh, there are still three weeks left um, for people to check out. Um, Yoga for Golfers is aimed at helping people improve their golf swing. Um, there are a lot of benefits to what yoga can offer for a golfer. Um, not only are we working on building strength in our core, which is kind of where that power from our swing comes from, but we're also, when we golf, um, we're always doing everything either right-handed or left-handed, and so you can create an imbalance. And with a lot of the yoga poses, we can strengthen that weaker side to help prevent injury. Um, that can occur during the golf game with that imbalance, um, as well as just building building up that strength or opening up in our shoulders, in our hips, for example, those areas that will help create um, a more complete and full golf swing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one one of the things I when we talk about golf fitness on there, one of the 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 things I like so much about golf fitness is it not only benefits your golf game, but it's great for your lifestyle as well. And I think, you know, as as people age, one of the things that, that frequently happens but doesn't have to happen is people tend to lose distance because they lose club head speed. And the, there's a couple reasons for that. And, and number one is that they, they lose flexibility if they if they don't work at it. And then secondly, they, they lose balance. And, you know, when you see people, uh, you know, older people walking slower and, and moving slower, it's because they don't have the balance that they once did. 
But if you maintain balance and you maintain flexibility, then you can maintain clubhead speed and hit it just as far as you always have. So one of the great benefits of yoga to me is is those two things, flexibility and balance. Definitely. And I think with yoga specifically, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not flexible, I can't do yoga. But remember that we build flexibility and help increase our, our balance with, with yoga. So it's not where you are currently, but where you want to go. And what, uh, you know, if somebody comes to, to your yoga for golfers class, what, what, can they, what, they can, what can they expect? And if they've never done yoga before, how do, how do they get into it? How do you help them with that? Mm-hmm. So we, it's a, it's a one-hour um, yoga session. And um, we... We do a flow style yoga so that we have a little bit of movement at the beginning to help warm us up, um, which is also important with injury prevention. And then we will go through some balancing poses, some um, hip and back openers, um, and some deeper stretching before we cool down at the end and come into our final relaxation pose. All levels are welcome, and in fact, even non-golfers could come, but it's geared toward golfers, and we try to talk about um, some of the ways that the poses um, are tied into the golf game. Um, For a beginner, um, you know, I will walk through the poses with with you um, as much as I can, where I will help demonstrate the different poses that we, we do. Um, and if you have questions, you can ask at any time. And the great thing about yoga is you can always take a break. So if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, if you want to sit back and watch and see what is taking place so that you can, you know, understand it for the next time and then try it on your own, you're welcome to do that. Core strength so much. Uh, everybody talks about core strength now in athletics and just about every walk of life. So I would guess yoga, as far as core strength goes, is fantastic. It is. We do a lot of of building with core strength, um, just in the yoga posts themselves, and then we'll usually tie in some simple um, moves that are just geared toward the core as well. My brother, Scott, in California has worked, uh, has had a bad back for many years, and about 10 years ago, took up uh, yoga, and he said it's the only thing that's ever worked, and he, he doesn't have a bad back at all anymore because he's uh, he does yoga regularly. That's amazing. Laura, how, to achieve the benefits, how often does somebody really, how, how often should they be doing yoga? Is it something you can do once a week and achieve benefit from it, or is it something that you, you go to class and then you, you should be doing several times in between class, or what's, uh, what's a good program? You know, it's going to vary based on the individual and, and your body. Um, someone who's more active that has better muscle, their, with their better muscle memory, um, they may not have to do it as often, and once a week may be fine. But for a really um, solid program, if you can do yoga, I mean, a lot, a lot of practitioners will do yoga daily um, or even, you know, three to five times a week. Um, just to help your muscles build that strength, that endurance, and and balance that you're trying to reinforce sure. that flexibility. Sure. And how about if 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 somebody can't make your class on Wednesday morning? Do you do you have other alternatives, or what what else do you offer, Laura? Yes. 
I have um, a number of other classes that I teach in the Brainerd-Baxter area. Um, I also can do private um, classes or private, you know, group sessions as well. Um, the classes that I teach Monday evenings, I teach a hot power yoga class at 5.30. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon, um, it's a vinyasa flow class. So it's a yoga class where we're moving with our breath, which is the same format that we use in the yoga for golfers. Um, and Friday mornings at 8.30 is a vinyasa flow class as well. Um, in fact, this Saturday, I'm having a special workshop for yoga for beginners. Um, so it's Saturday, the 13th of July, and it goes from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. And where are these offered, Laura? I teach four of those classes, or three of the classes in the workshop at Sasma Chiropractic and Wellness in Baxter. The uh, Friday morning class is at FitQuest Athletic Club in Baxter. And they can set up uh, through you with a phone number or website or something, Laura? Yeah. So for yoga for golfers, um, the best way to access that is probably through the Facebook page for Craigens Resort or Craigens Legacy Courses. There's an, uh, a link right there to register and um, get additional information or, or sign up um, for the yoga for golfers sessions. Um, and you can contact me right through that event link as well. There's um, my there's a link to email me or and contact me for additional information and I can get you details if you're interested in yoga for golfers or any of those other offerings. Well, great. Well, we, Laura, we appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your knowledge about yoga and uh, hopefully we get a lot of people out there uh, experiencing what you do. Well, thanks for having me. Um, it would be fun to see some more faces, some new faces, um, and share yoga. I know an older fat guy who could use better balance and strength and flexibility. <laughs> I'll talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Thank you, Laura. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ. The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and available now at Podcast One as well, streaming at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM and uh, Mills Ford, for that. And uh, thanks to our guests today as well. That was fun. A little different segment, the uh, yoga. I, I've heard so many times about uh, balance in uh, yoga and, of course, balance in the golf swing. You don't really think about it. Uh, but I'm. The more I think about it, the more I'm certain that's got a big part of my uh, distance starting to go the other way in uh, recent years. All, not only am I older, but I can. I mean, I can tell walking around that I don't, have, you know, have the balance I once did. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not any big surprise. The great thing about that, about that too, Mac, is that you can train balance. It doesn't just leave you, but you have you have to work at it, and you you can train it, and your balance can get much better. And uh, I can tell you, my my golf game is much better. You know, and it, your balance changes from day to day. Uh, but when I when I am when I have great balance, I play much better golf. Chris, you posted an interesting uh, video on your Chris Foley Golf Facebook page 
about the plane of the swing. We've talked quite a bit about that, uh, and uh, that's actually been the last couple years. Uh, I, I probably haven't played enough to uh, continue to uh, utilize the tip. So last year that was kind of a quick fix on the on the uh, range with you, and uh, this year it was I, I just remembered it and I thought. Why am I hitting the ball so bad? And then I, I remembered the uh, the plane of the swing. Let's talk about that a little bit. It's a really, uh, it's a short video, very good to look at. If you go to Chris Foley Golf, a Facebook page, it's a simple technique, and it, would, it really helps everybody. Yeah, you know, the, the plane of the swing is really, it's it's the angle of the shaft relatively grounded at, at address. And... Um, the closer you are to keeping that club at that angle throughout the swing, the easier it is to hit the correct amount of ball and ground and make solid contact with the golf ball in the center of the club face. And, uh, you know, if, if you look at Matthew Wolf, who won last weekend, um, his, his golf swing is definitely not on plane in his backswing. But if you if you look at the at the downswing, it's very much so on that plane. So it um, uh, maybe not the most conventional route to get it there on the downswing, but he does it extremely well and consistently. So, but you know the the I I always tell people that the you know it's easier to keep it on plane if you start off on plane, and um, you know basically that starts with the takeaway and and. Uh, I used to talk about there's a couple checkpoints that I use and for a right-handed player in, in the takeaway, which is the first couple feet of the swing, when the hands are over the right foot, uh, the club head, or you, you should have your wrist cocked about a third of the way and cl the club head outside the hands. And then as you continue to rotate, the second checkpoint would be when your left arm's level with the ground, uh, it would, the left arm would be pointing down the target line uh, and the hand centered with the chest and then the the handle of the club or the end of the club pointed on an extension of the target line. So basically you've just, just taken the club from a dress and, and flipped it over and it's at that same angle. And if you can envision a, you know, if you had a piece of plywood under the shaft of your golf club at a dress that was along the target line, that club in your hands would just work up that piece of plywood till about waist high and then it would work above that but parallel to that. And you don't have to be perfectly on that, but the closer you are, the easier it is to time up your golf swing on a consistent basis. Yeah, again, I think uh, watching the video and just listening to that, it's a pretty simple tip. You hear, you see so many guys you play with or uh, guys and girls, taking it back inside is is pretty common. Yes. Early in, I think probably early in people's golf careers. Yeah. They want to get it back there quick and come through quick and hit it a long ways yeah. and uh, kind of working against themselves in a lot of ways. And then you'll see it way up high sometimes on some people and uh, uh, try to be kind of in the middle there and uh, the the nice sweep back. Uh, like you're saying about uh, the uh, pros, though, they uh, they they have they swing their own swing and but they're also athletic enough and it and they swing 500 times a day but most of them get back to where you're saying on plane at impact and just before so right. so they might not be there on the takeaway for whatever reason yeah, but they, they, they they're there at the finish they find a way to to get it in that slot on the forward swing or the down swing and you know your your comment about taking the club inside and it's very counterintuitive uh because you know most of us tend to slice the golf ball so in order to hit 
a draw or a hook, we've got to hit you know the golf ball on the inside or from in in to out in the downswing, and so it's counterintuitive. So most people try to swing more inside on the backswing to do that, but the more you swing to the inside on the backswing to get back to the golf ball, we have to raise our arms up and then come down steeper, swinging to the left. So that that takeaway is really the key to an on plane golf swing and the the closer you can be to playing on the on the takeaway the easier it is to to make that that good downswing i saw uh, your son uh, joe the other day and talked to him in the in the clubhouse just briefly and i love joe's if you know joe he's so enthusiastic you know about his own game and the game of golf <laughs> and uh, he's optimistic on his own yeah. game confident and that's good but uh, he happened to mention the tournament was going on and he said, my boy Charles Howell's right there. So I know he loves Charles Howell. So I happened to see a stat this last week. I think during the tournament, uh, Charles Howell has 188 eagles since 2000. And that's the most uh, the most of anybody on the PGA Tour. So he's in some pretty good company. But uh, the thing about him is he hasn't won a lot, but he's so consistent. Always in the money. Always playing four rounds of golf every weekend. And uh, thus making 188 eagles over time because he's played as much or more golf than anybody because he's always in the hunt. Yeah, Joe uh, affectionately refers to him as the human ATM machine. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, he he hasn't won a lot, but uh, he's an amazing player who's always, you know, he— He's he always makes the cut and he's always in the in the hunt. It seems like so. he's top ten all time in money. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. I also an interesting stat. I love stats in golf and sports in general. The John Deere coming up this weekend. Your old stomping grounds, and uh, Michael Kim last year came into the John Deere. He'd missed six out of seven cuts. He'd uh, fired his coach, <laughs> and he shot twenty seven under par at the John Deere last year, and uh, won the tournament. This year he comes back as defending champion, of course, having missed an extraordinary 17 cuts in a row. Uh, Michael Kim's a good player. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Or was. (laughs) You know, it's the extreme, but if you you look at the tour as a whole, the majority of guys make 80% of their money in about 20% of the events. So most, you know, a guy gets on a hot streak and plays well two, three, four weeks, makes enough money to retain his card for next year, and then kind of falls off. And uh, Michael Kim, he would be the, the extreme of that. Boy, I'll say. it um, very much in that vein. If you can work a win into the mix every year, that, that doesn't That work. helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Matthew Wolf wins uh, $1.2 million in his fourth start on the PGA Tour last week. And he's set for two years with a you know tour card. He, he's, I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna have a, a much elevated career from Michael Kim. But uh, it uh, if you can get hot at the right time, that's the key. He's off to a good start. Yeah. Chris, thanks. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes Woods and Irons at thirteen eighty KLIZ. The fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. 
Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. 